Hey, you're listening to the Speaking of Music podcast. Hey guys, we're back. And today we are going to talk about Jubilee by Japanese Breakfast. So Jubilee is the third studio album from Japanese Breakfast, and it was released June 4th, 2021. It has 10 tracks, and the singles were Be Sweet, Posing in Bondage, Savage Good Boy, and Paprika. Moving on, yeah. Okay, let's start with our rankings. Are we doing the whole thing? Yes. Okay. I guess I can go first. (laughs) Um, So, my rankings are Kokomo, Indiana, Paprika, Tactics, Posing for Cars, Sit, Slide Tackle, Savage Good Boy, Be Sweet, Posing in Bondage, and In Hell. Okay, my rankings are Tactics, Kokomo, Indiana, Paprika, Posing for Cars, Slide Tackle, Be Sweet, In Hell, Savage Good Boy, Sit, and Posing in Bondage. And my rankings are Kokomo, Indiana, Slide Tackle, Tactics, Posing for Cars, Be Sweet, Savage Good Boy, Paprika, Sit, Posing in Bondage, and In Hell. So I do have to say that this album is really hard to rank. Because all the songs are, they're all so different. And they're all so good. There's really no way to compare any of them to each other. So Paprika is the first track on the album. And I have to say that it definitely drew me in. And that's why I became so attached to it, I think, because it was the first song I heard. Yeah, I think you're right away introduced to how, like, soft and sweet her voice is, and, you know, you get hit right away with these super fascinating production choices that carry through the entire album. I feel like I was really surprised listening to this song, and I... I was like, kind of, I sat down to listen to this because I know, like, I knew going into this that Anusha liked it a lot, and usually if Anusha likes something a lot, I will also like it a lot. (laughs) Um, And I sat down, and it just wasn't what I expected at all. This song just, like, threw me a curveball. And I really, really liked it, but it took me a while to get used to it. This song was definitely a very strong opener because it incorporates so many elements. But in terms of the style of this album, I was really su- like, this is the first one you hear. So I was just really surprised because it was like a lot coming at me. Yeah, yeah. I really like how, because this is the opening track, you're really introduced to her voice and her way of um, enunciation when she sings. You get it right away, the first line you hear is lucidity came slowly but the way she sings it it's like she rushes the word lucidity and then she drags out the word slowly to create a contrast that matches up with the production of the song Mm -hmm. and then you move on to the chorus which I love this chorus it's my favorite part the how's it feel to be at the center of magic to linger in tones and words. Her lyricism is really, really strong. 
it has yeah. such a good melody it's musically very well put together mm-hmm. i also when i heard oh it's a rush i didn't understand what she was saying at first i was like it's a what <laughs> and i i really like that this song has a refrain like that because it kind of like lets you know where you're at in the song yeah all right let's move on to be sweet so be sweet was probably the best performing song commercially on this album one that has the most streams and such i think it makes sense because i feel like it's structured a little more like a quote-unquote regular song than some of the others are i really like how groovy and upbeat it is it's such a cute song overall. well until you look at the lyrics and then it's yeah. maybe not so cute yeah <laughs> um but i like i love songs that like have such a fun beat and like melody and then you listen to them and like the lyric for like the lyrics and then you realize they're really sad yeah i do like the um the repetition of the i want to believe in you i want to believe in something mm-hmm. throughout the song because yeah. it kind of does give it that undertone of not very happy. I mean, yeah, if you don't look into it too much, you're like, oh, be sweet to me. Yay. And you're like, oh, that's such a cute love song. And then it's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. That's not what this is. And I feel like it just shows how many layers you can have to a song and um, how much artistry goes into each of these tracks. Yeah, that's true. We're going to move on to the next track, which is Kokomo, Indiana. Um, I think that Guys, the first... I love yeah. this song. Oh. <laughs> that's great. That's great. I didn't, I didn't think that Anusha was going to continue. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> no, please start over with your guys. I love this song. You go for Guys, it, Mick. Guys, I love this song. Like, if you put it, it is at my number one, and, you know, I have Paprika at number two, which I love too, but this song is just levels ahead for me. Uh, I just have, I'm just so attached to this song, and there are certain reasons why, but... Pause. um, this is going to surprise no one because if you look on Genius, the first description of it, this breezy, serene ballad with orchestration. And you're like, and if you think for one moment Victoria would not like this song, you are out of your mind. Yes, but then I thought Sophia, was, I, you know what I actually thought you were going to say? I thought you were going to butt in with the, oh, it's about teenage love and Victoria teenage love. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. I think this is not the episode to hate crime Victoria for never been be, for never but fearless was but, but fearless, fearless was? Because it's all about young love. I agree. Sure. No, this is, this a, good is a little different. Okay. You wanted to be hate crimed? It's just because no, I agree. If it were to be between the two if it were to be the between the two episodes it wouldn't be this one. So, right from the start, the song starts with, uh, like, a drum intro hit thing. What is it called? I don't know. Drum uh, hit. 
some drum hits to get into the flow of the song, which I really like. And it also made it really easy to play the song on loop because the song would end and then the drums would just restart. That's true. Um, And you get this first verse, which is, if I could throw my arms around you for just another day, maybe it'd feel like the first time now that you're away. And I just, it's really sweet. It's it's so sweet and it's so like contemplative. It's her favorite song on the album too. Yeah, which is so cute. It's my favorite song on the album. Wait, is it? It is. is, (laughs) Oh god, because it it is. But I forgot if I said that or not. (laughs) Okay. And then you get into these very. You know, reflective lyrics. Um, These days, I can't shake the awful feeling. I'm missing something I can't place. Is that you? I also really enjoy the way she says awful. It's like awful. I love the way she says things. It's really cute. And like, makes me happy for some reason. I know. It's, It's very, it's good that she has a unique style of vocals these songs wouldn't work with this particular production if it if she didn't do that with her voice yeah and i think that song titles that are generally about i say people a lot but i think places too they draw me in really quickly and maybe i don't know maybe i need to start a songs about places playlist to complement my songs about people playlist Georgia right now. Georgia, yes. Georgia, but the Georgia's a person. Georgia's about a yeah. Georgia's the person. But it's Georgia and Georgia the person and the place. But Georgia, Georgia, I love your son. Your son. Your son. Son. Here comes the son. <laughs> comes the son. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I sent her back to her boyfriend with a hammer oh and a wrist. <laughs> so when you get to the chorus, you kind of get to the point of the song. And she says, if ever you come back, wherever you find your way to, and though it may not last, just know that I'll be here longing. And I really, really like how this, you know, the end of a relationship is presented here in this song. Mm -hmm. I also like how the grammar is, it's if ever you come back. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so one of the elements that draws me so much toward this song is the orchestration, which is, you know, aforementioned. But something about the um, consistent strings like that, I don't know. I know Sophia doesn't like when I... When I bring this up, but it's going to be brought up, especially because she can't talk right now. Um, But especially in this song, the strings remind me of my orchestra days. And it makes me really happy to listen to such well-composed strings in a song. No, I actually agree with that. It was really well-produced. And that's a constant throughout this album. Each track is really well produced. And the thing that makes this album really special is that, you know, aside from the 
really good production, they're all differently produced while right. also being consistent. So that's a big plus with the entire thing. Yeah. I feel like this song has like an air of maturity that like a lot of songs about young love really don't have. And I feel like even though like it does show like that optimism, it's still kind of it feels like letting go is the best option and the best choice. And that's usually something that is only covered in more mature types of relationships. And to have this be like a high school sweetheart type of situation, it really, it's heartwarming, but it's also really like thought provoking how mature it is and how okay they are with saying goodbye when this should be like your most, most like, earth-shattering experience up until that point in your lifetime yes i really like how soft the production is on this song just every aspect of the production is just soft the drums are soft the vocals are soft and the strings are soft i think that this song worked really well in its place on the track list because it's in between two more i would say a little harshly produced uh, more upbeat and less soft like the next one slide tackle we can talk about we that we can now. talk about that <laughs> yeah yeah okay um, so i'm i'm normally very vocal about how i don't like instrument breaks in songs and i bring that up all the time but in this one i really really liked the little instrument break and it was short I often say that I'm not a fan of the light. Yeah, I'm often I often say how I'm not a fan of long instrument breaks, but in this one I think it was really necessary um, because it felt really soothing and jazzy, and it was a really really clever way to switch up the tone, like from before the instrument break to after. So I I like all of the instrumentation on this album in general. Yeah, so sure. I think that this song in particular. Uh, obviously picks it up from the last track and the chorus don't mind me while I'm tackling this void slide tackling my mind this weight feels like I'm wrestling with my head obsessing in the dark I don't know it's just the way she wrote the chorus was that it was just a little these little phrases and they just stack onto each other and the way she sings it is kind of the same where she where you know one is drawn out and then the next one is is quickly sung and it's gone and you're moving on and i think the production um captures the whole tackling moment <laughs> I also feel like maybe I like this song a lot because of the title. And I didn't realize, like, maybe it's just because, like, my whole family's a very soccer-oriented family. But, like, Slide Tackle just has such, like, such, like, harsh visuals, like, coming at you. So Slide Tackling, my mind, like, it's kind of fighting something that you really have a lot of trouble with. Because my dad always says which is really, this is really weird, but you don't go into a slide tackle unless you're 80% sure that you're going to win. 
So it's like something you need to do. Like you can't get you can't like slide tackle just for the fun of it. You have to do it because you can't reach it any other way. Right. So that's yeah. why I think maybe it just like it's just such strong imagery because like it has such a specific meaning to it at least for me. No, I agree. I think that the choice of wording here made the concept work better. Okay. Let's move on to the next track, Posing in Bondage. So this track does slow it down again after the more upbeat track before. As soon as slide tackle ends, you go into this I don't know how to I don't know how to describe it. Just slow drawn out background noise. But yeah, it's not I'm... background noise. It's like instruments, but it it feels like background noise. I think that this one felt really dark and almost ominous in comparison to the other songs and it was a super interesting switch up from the more lighter stuff we were getting even if you know, some of the other songs dealt with heavy topics as well. This song's production showed a darker side to her sound, and thought that was really interesting. Yeah, and I like how the chorus is just, like, singular words. It's like she's putting it out there, like there's no explanation. She's just putting it out there. It just needs to be out there. And then my favorite line... One of my favorites in the whole album, which is why I had this song higher for a hot second. It's a little low now, but I had it higher just because of this line, which is when the world divides into two people, those who have felt pain and those who have yet to. Hmm. That line is just is so significant. You're taking the entire planet and you're simplifying it into one or the other but but the you know experience of pain is such a defining factor that it works and it you know relates back to the concept of the song and how she's describing pain and her experience with it i was gonna say that um her songwriting ability and ability to tell stories is really really subtle and actually fun fact i read i was reading um a book right and i decide to randomly flip to like the about the author section it's like oh you know she's an author and she's based here and all about her family and she's also part of a super cool band called japanese breakfast I'm like, Japanese Breakfast? This was like a few months ago, so I hadn't actually listened to the album yet. I was like, Japanese Breakfast? That sounds really familiar. And then I'm like trying to like rack my veins, trying to figure out like where I've heard of them. And then I like go to their Spotify and listen to some of their stuff. And then the podcast planning document, and I see that it's on our like list of albums to do. And I'm like, oh my God, that is so much fun that I was able to kind of read the story and then explain experience her uh, storytelling ability in a completely different way so the book is um crying in h mart by the way it's really good 
you should yeah you did say it she was like wow this book is so good and then like a little bit later she's like guys guess what this was a revelation book was written by someone in our podcast lineup and i was like what i was really excited about it she was okay paprika spicy but you want to know what else is this ad segue here's an ad for you now hey guys we are back and we're gonna talk about sit so this song i feel like is kind of like the middle of the album uh the slower piece it's a lot more instrumental than some of the other songs also has a lot less lyrics and it's very i don't know like ethereal it's less grounded than some of the other songs the whole less lyrics kind of gave me phoebe vibes but like in a very strange way because i don't associate the actual musicality of it with phoebe just like the fact that they feel like drawn now in a way like the story is drawn out yeah i think this one was a little bit lower on my rankings because i personally was not a giant fan of like the way the song flowed but it definitely was a personal preference and not that like that was a bad element of the song i just personally didn't connect with that part i think the song does a good job of showcasing her diction and the way she chooses to sing her songs because in this one there's less drums and less uh overall loud sounds i guess than some of the other ones do you can hear her voice better and uh, i think it this song did a nice job of you know continuing the message and vibe of the album considering that it's very much in the middle of the album. Okay, let's move on to Savage Good Boy, which is definitely a name, definitely was a choice. It definitely was something that I was not very open to in the beginning and needed some time to become open to it. Oh, yeah, same. The combination of savage, good, and boy all in the same title. Like, we talk about how we don't like certain words, and I feel like like on separate occasions we've talked about how we don't like each of those words and yeah. that is all very very true yeah then no that was definitely something that i was like eh, am i gonna like this but i did so yeah anyway. it's really catchy i really really enjoyed the melody of the way she says the words in the song where it drops on the good you know mm-hmm. you guys know what i'm talking about yeah 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 no we do we do <laughs> I really, really enjoyed that uh, sonically and melodically. So I couldn't be mad at the song. So I know that titles, um, they serve a very specific purpose in a song. And I feel that most times that's to, you know, entice the listener. And that's why I find it very interesting that she did choose these three very interesting words to place together in a title. And often, you know, you have to think about what the artistry is behind it. And as an artist who I know chooses every single part of her songs very, very carefully. As you can tell from just listening, you could tell this whole album was a very specific, like everything was made with very specific artistic visions in mind. Um, I was a little afraid um, that this song was going to lose the integrity of the album. And I was pleasantly surprised. And I will say that 
at first it took away from like the enjoyment of the melody and like the sonic elements that the song provided because I was too focused on like the savage good boy part of it. Yeah. yeah. But I really like the like the song and just the whole type of message that it's putting through. So yeah. yeah. I really like the lyrics of the chorus, especially I want to make the money till there's no more to be made. I was just about to say that. I love that. Honestly, as she should, as she should. Get that bag, queen. Such a mood. <laughs> I think it's a really uh, nice, um, you know, more upbeat song to uh, contrast some of the slower, melancholy songs on this album. Like perhaps Sit. <laughs> we just talked about being the slow song. Yeah. Okay. Also, can we just talk about that this is giving if I was a rich girl. No 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 Okay. Thanks for that interlude. My cash that would never No. That was definitely not an invitation to keep going. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to the next track, which is in hell. <laughs> um, I think that despite the title of the song, I was again surprised by how light it was if that makes sense. Um, I think that just like Savage Good Boy title was a tad misleading, but I, mean, I really I, liked that contrast. I do have to say that this album in general is very light. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like you could get the vibe from the the cover art too. You know, the and the title, which is Jubilee. That is right? true. Like, That's true. You get the vibe. No, but if you compare it to um, their second album their second album is a lot darker and the cover art is also darker <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah this song was not quite what you would expect from the title however I do like how it starts off with with my luck you'll be dead within the year I've come to mm-hmm. expect it that's one of my favorite lyrics I feel like that gives the vibes of in hell but as you like go farther into the song it strays from like the original idea you get from the title what I also like about how she constructs her songs is that there can be some very you know simple storytelling within the song like in verse 2 but it's it's kind of amplified by the sounds of the production, so it doesn't seem like a simple story. Like in verse two, some of the lyrics are wheeled you and laid you laid on your side. I cried and cried, and at my signal they stopped your heart, and then you died, and under the fluorescence, another sterile room. Where no one ever tells you just how clinical death looks, and I can't unsee it the two shots it took. I feel like it's it's, you know, painting a picture, but then when you listen to the song, you know, she does not pronounce her words very normally. <laughs> yeah, um, she definitely has some interesting diction going on. So, so even if, but, but the thing is, is even if you don't, if you didn't truly pick up on the whole hospital death type of thing, mm-hmm. you still get the message from how she sings it and the production of the song if that makes sense yeah 
And I think that this song being so specifically about her mother, like, when you actually look into the lyrics, like, on the surface, you're not going to be able to tell what it's about. But when you actually look into the lyrics and you know more about her story and, you know, the kinds of things she witnessed when her mother was sick, it brings a whole new element to her music. And that kind of you know, multi-dimensional aspect to her music is something that's really, really unique about her because she's able to tell her story in so many different ways. Okay, let's move on to Tactics, which is the second to last track on this album. So this one was definitely a grower for me. Um, I had, you know, my two songs that I just latched onto in this album. And then this one came along a little bit later after I listened to the album a little bit more. And... Uh, I think what drew me to it is the production and how it sounded. It was very sonically pleasing to me. I think that um, kind of opposite of Victoria's experience, I was drawn into this song really early. Like from my first listen, this was one of the songs that stood out to me the most. I think just because of the orchestral elements and then the like introduction of the drums, the way that pulled me into the song was kind of unmatched with some of the other songs. It took the number one spot for me very early. Yeah, I think it says something that Victoria and I have the same number one and Anusha's is slightly different because when she does something like that, it's like often Anusha's opinions can be swayed. You know, if we all love a song so much, like often she sees what we see because she's more open to changing her mind than me and Victoria are. Yeah, which is a good thing. It's a very yeah. good thing. Um, but I think it shows something when she has something like, not even much higher, but just like she puts something first and she's like adamant about her opinion on it. I think it just proves what a good song it is because like if Anusha's like standing her ground, like <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> I really, really enjoyed melodically the chorus of this one. Because it definitely seemed to me more like a song you could sing along to than some of the other ones on the album. I love the I love that has to move a great distance from you, cross a sea, keep you from me. Even her more like upbeat songs. This is just in general, you know, not specific to this song. But even her upbeat songs that you think would be faster in tempo are still really poetic in the way that she takes her time with what she wants to say. And I think that Sophia did mention this before, but I just wanted to bring it up again. She's really deliberate with what she wants to say. And, you know, the way she presents her lyrics are always really poetic. And the way, even after the writing of the lyrics, the way she decides to, you know, sing them and the way it works with the production of the song in this song in particular, one of my favorite uh, diction moments is at the end of verse one, where she goes, without much discretion to who. And it's the discretion goes like, up. Oh, love it. All right, let's move on to the last track in this album, which is Posing for Cars. Again, with the interesting titles. Um, I didn't really know what to think about the song before going into it, but I have to say that one of my favorite parts of the song was the single kind of guitar line that carried on throughout from the beginning to the end that put a spotlight on her voice in the most unique way possible. It was a very calming moment 
to kind of wrap up the album. Yeah, I think that it, with the guitar solo, it kind of ties this whole album back to, like, the artist and the band. Um, if you listen to their previous album, it's a lot more guitar-based than this one is. This one is a lot more orchestral-based. But this song really does a good job of kind of melding the two sounds together to finish off this third album. I think it's interesting that in this album, we have posing for bondage and posing for cars. That is what I was going to say. That was my one point. Not you robbing it. Okay. That's what I was going to talk about. I think that it's very interesting that you would choose to use the same word twice. And often, like, that icks me out. Um, But sometimes it works. And here it does. Because I also just kind of associate those songs with each other, even yeah. though like melodic, like you know what I mean. It's just it's just the name really that's tying them together. It's not because they like run in like parallel actions or anything. But I think it's really interesting that she would choose to do that, and um, especially for like an album closer, because you really want that to stand out and be like going out with a bang or either like just like setting the tone for the end of the album as opposed to like opening it up for the beginning so if you associate it strongly with a song in the middle it could be really bad but it wasn't um, and I think that just goes to show when you make good music like the order of the track list could potentially be different and I'm not saying that like they're meant to be reordered because that's really important to some people, the order of the track list. But when you're making good music, it can be enjoyed all the way around. Yeah, I agree. And with that, I think we're ready to wrap up our discussion on Jubilee by Japanese Breakfast. I think that this album overall was kind of new for the three of us because it was a type of music we've never listened to before. And that's what we like to do on this podcast. We like to discover new things and delve into new genres that we wouldn't necessarily listen to otherwise so I'm really um, glad that I was recommended this album by someone else to listen to because it was a really uh, great experience and it opened a new you know sub-genre I would say of music uh, to me and I look forward to see whatever uh, they do next yeah yeah and uh, make sure before we close off this episode that you go follow us on all our socials. Our Instagram is at the Speaking of Music Podcast. And our TikTok is at Speaking of Music Podcast. So make sure to follow all of those for all the latest updates. And make sure to recommend us albums if you want to list- if you want us to listen to any, because we will and we'd love doing that. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.